Learn how to build your faith on God's Word and live a life of 100% victory 100% of the time. As you listen to the senior pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Okunkwo, and expect God's Word to work for you. All right, we, we started a series and we're going to round it up today. It started from breakdown to breakthrough. All right, um, God is able, in fact, he desires to always turn every breakdown to a breakthrough. Hallelujah. He's actually an expert at it. He likes to turn every breakdown you ever experience into a breakthrough. Glory to God. So, in rounding up this series, we're going to pick our, uh, the points from a particular text of Scripture. It contains all the things that helps you turn a breakdown to a breakthrough. And my prayer is for you is that by virtue of this powerful series we've had, any breakdown in your life will be turned into a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. I pray for you that any hard time, any rough time, any rough situation that you're going through, by virtue of the understanding you will gain today, that situation will be turned around in the name of Jesus. So let's go to First Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel chapter 30. Turning our breakdowns into breakthroughs. Glory to God. Okay, from verse 1. It says, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with what? Fire. So Ziglag was where David and his men were camping. This was where they were living. So David and his men went out to go and look for food or for work, you know, and they had stayed a couple of days. But they said, these Amalekites came while David was gone and took over the place and burned it down. It says, verse 2, And had taken the women captives that were therein. It said, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So these guys took all of David's wives and and his men, took their wives, took their properties and went away. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was what? I can't hear you. Behold, it was what? Born with fire. He said, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were what? Taking captives. He said, then David and the people that were with him did what? Lifted up their voice and what? Wept until they had no more power to weep. Please, I need you to picture this, you know, in your mind, how this would have played out. David and his men went out. By the time they came back, some people had come, burnt the place, carried all their properties, carried their wives and their children. Carried their wives and their children. And David and his men began to cry. And they cried to the point that they had no more power in them to cry. Can you picture how intense that crying would have been? And just to help you further, you need to understand, David's men were not ordinary men. You know they are men and they are men. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. There are men and there are men. (laughs) All men are not the same. All men are not the same. There are men and there are men. Glory to God. If you have lived long enough, you realize that in the days of challenge, it's not all men you need. So men are useless to you. Not all men are the same. There are men and there are men. Men them. You know what to commend them. David's men were heavy. These David's men, I mean, sometimes one of them will kill a thousand people. There was one, that one time that one of them killed a lion. I mean, these guys were heavy guys. There was a time that David said he wanted to drink water. Three, only three of them went to the enemy camp. It's like the president saying, I want to drink water that is in Zambisa Forest. And three soldiers go there in the midst of the, the terrorists there and go and bring a glass or a bottle of water from there. That's how that's all the men of David were called the mighty men of David. They were solid men, but they said they cried to the point that there was no more power left in them. That's how bad the situation was. But like I thought last week, your attitude is everything. People have not yet understood how powerful 
your attitude is. They, they, they were going through a bad situation, but they also had a bad attitude about it. And the Bible said things actually went from bad to worse. Because after they were crying and no more power in them to cry, the only solution they came up with is that for them to stone David. He too lost his own property and children and wife. But the only solution they come up with is that let's stone David. See it? <laughs> Verse uh, 5. And David's two wives were taken captives too. And Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, and all that. Verse 6. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of what? Stoning him. You don't realize why God talks so much about your attitude is because your attitude is what starts the process of changing your life. Listen, it looks so simple, but trust me, it is so powerful. I wish all Nigerians can get this. I wish all Christians can get this. I wish everybody under this house today can get this. That your attitude is what determines from beginning whether you win or lose. Like we said all through this month, if you have a winning attitude, then you would likely win. If you have a defeated attitude, it doesn't matter the effort you are putting in, you will likely lose. Everything rises and falls from this first point. What is your attitude about it? The moment they had a negative... No, don't get me wrong. It was a negative situation. We can't change the situation. It's a negative situation. Maybe what you're going through is something you can't change. I don't even know what you're going through. It might be financial. It might be marital. It might be emotional. It might be physical. It might be something going on in your family. It might be... In fact, if you're in Nigeria, you only have something going on as a country. <laughs> so... I can't control the situation. I don't even know the situation. But one thing I can tell you for sure is that if you can change your attitude, you will soon change the situation. It was, look at this story. It was a negative situation. In fact, everybody needs to agree with them that they should be negative. But what you don't realize is that when you have a negative attitude, things actually go from bad to worse. See, why your attitude is important, and I thought about this last week. Why your attitude is important? Because your attitude determines what you attract. It determines the ideas that come to you. When you have a negative attitude, you will get only negative thoughts. Listen carefully. When you have a negative attitude about something or someone, you will only get a negative thought. When you have negative thoughts, it will lead to negative actions. When you have negative actions to make the situation worse, only negativity can come out of it. So this is why some people stay on their breakdown back to back. No matter how bad that thing is, if you can have a positive attitude, then you will start having positive ideas. Then you will take positive actions. Then you will have positive outcome. It looks so simple. But the beginning starts from this, your attitude. That's where it starts. If you can change that way you see that thing. It doesn't matter what it is. These principles we are going to look at today, they work for anything. You can see how bad this was. This was a bad thing. Now, I mean, this, I don't, we don't know how many days these guys had gone with their wives and kids. Imagine, picture your, 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 your wife. I know some people like their wives to be gone. But let's picture your kids. See, as I put out my kids, why don't we kidnap their husband or kidnap their wife? Because they give you a problem before. Say, keep the wife, don't bring back my children. Things were, so, I mean, but, but normal day, picture you love your wife and you love your kids. Picture that somebody carried your wife and kids. You don't even know who carried. They're not asking for ransom. So you don't even know who carried them. You don't know how long they've gone. You don't even know what direction they went. You don't even know what they want to go and do with the kids. They didn't only carry your family, they carried your property. They didn't only carry your property, they burnt your house and your things. I mean, how bad can this be? This is very bad. This is enough to really cry. The thing that can make strong men to cry. Not that they cry small, like, be strong, my brother, be a man. You know, be a man, cry. Be a man. No, no. This one, they said they cried. They cried till they had no more power. So this was serious. This was, with their bass voice. And when, when the, you know, when they cry, it's almost like one person will now raise the cross again. For the, this is how they cried for hours or for days till they had no more power. These were warriors. These were champions. It was serious crying, intense crying. This situation was really bad. It's and really the, the logical and acceptable thing to do in this situation is to have a bad attitude. Really, nobody should blame you if you have a bad attitude after this situation. But you see, life works by principles, not by sentiments. <laughs> you can't run a big planet like this by sentiments. Mm. It's not about who begged more. It's not about who needed more. If life was giving money to who needed more, there would be no problem. 
I mean, there will be no poor person. And most of our politicians won't be in politics. But life doesn't work like that. Life works by principles. So somebody can keep having while that person never has. The billionaires are getting richer. Money doesn't say, uh-uh, it never do you. Make I say to some other people, we need them. It doesn't work like that. As long as the billionaires are still doing the right things, they will still keep prospering. And if poor people are still doing the wrong things, they will still keep pouring. Mm. You know, there's some grammar whistling in this church. <laughs> For clarity. They will keep getting poor. There's nothing. You can't run a big planet like this based on somebody's begging. So you beg very well. Mm-mm. It's by principles. And the number one principle to turn a breakdown to a breakthrough is changing your attitude. No matter how bad the situation, what happened is, eh? after you cry, change your attitude. That's what David did. See what they said David did. This is powerful. See what they said David did. Um, verse 6. He said that David was greatly distressed. So, you see, faith is not really ever denying the, the, the situation. Faith is just saying that there's a higher truth. That's what faith is. Faith is not saying that um, there's no poverty in Nigeria. Things are, not, things are tough in Nigeria. Dollar is rising. Um, economy is bad. Yeah, but you see, there's a higher truth that still says your prosperity is not tied to Nigeria. That is tied to God blessing you. So, if dollar is one billion per one naira, God is still capable of making you rich. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You see, but if you are not careful, you will stay on the physical truth of, oh, see the economy, see the president, see the government. You stay on that level and negative attitude will bring negative thoughts. Negative thoughts will bring negative actions. Negative actions will only bring negative outcome. And if I get what I'm saying. So they said it here that David was distressed. They're not trying to deny that fact. So David was distressed. For the people even spake of what? Stoning him. This is the only idea they could come up with. After crying. That's what happens in negative attitude. You only have negative ideas. Let's run to Canada. That's the best you can come up with. <laughs> only, only poor ideas will come out. I'm telling you. Do you know? Do you know? I, I mean, principles are powerful. Listen, if a, a poor man, you know, and I'm saying this in quote now, if a poor man can pass all his decisions through a rich man, he will start to prosper. The issue is in his decision making, not in the economy. There's money. It's the decisions, small, small decisions. God, I mean, life doesn't choose to favor one person over another. There's no such thing. Is somebody getting this? Hmm. The, the idea they come up with is stoning him. He said, because the soul of the, all the people was what? Grieved. He said, because they were grieved, the idea they come up with was a grieving idea, a bad idea. And you know, many people are in this situation in life, especially emotionally. You are praying or hoping that somebody that has offended you gets hurt. The issue is that if they get hurt, that won't heal you. <laughs> if, if things go bad for them, it doesn't make you go up. Pulling somebody down doesn't lift you. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you getting this? Because they were planning, of, if they had stoned David, will he bring what they lost back? Will they feel better long term? Yes, they will feel better short term that, hey, good for you. But after you finish stoning him, you will come back to the reality of the fact that you have lost your family. This is what many people do. Many people are throwing stones on people that can't restore what they have lost. To favor you in any way. This is why they say you should forgive most times. They are asking you to forgive, not because the offender um, you know, uh, deserves forgiveness, but because you deserve compensation. If you are holding a grudge and you don't have time to hold your blessing, your hands are already full. Are you guessing this? So this is why God says, leave the grudge so that I can put on that thing in your hand. So when they say forgive people, it's not because the person deserves forgiveness. The person might never ask you for forgiveness. The person might never know. Do you know some of the biggest grudges going on in the world today? The people that cost it are not even aware. Some of the biggest grudge. We don't grow. You don't mature now. You don't why. You don't big. Every way, if they are doing a um, medal um, award for grudges, those grudges will win. But the person that cost it is bouncing about his life. He's <laughs> not aware that somebody somewhere is angry with him. Have you ever been somewhere and somebody said something or did something to you and you're wondering, I know you before. When we fight this fight, what would they? I'm not even aware when we had this quarrel. You don't, he's, you don't even know why on earth he's offended. So, you see, when you have negative thoughts, when you have a negative attitude, you only have negative thoughts. Only negative thoughts can come out of negative attitudes. Only poverty thoughts can come out of poverty attitude. That's how it works. 
That's how it works. He said, so, and every man for, they were grieved because of every man for his sons and for his daughter. See the next line, I love this. But David did what? I can't hear you. David did what? One more time. David did what? One more time. David did what? Louder this time. David did what? What did David do? Who encouraged David? He encouraged himself. Stop waiting for people to encourage you. People have their own stuff going on. David encouraged himself. Listen, there was nothing worthy of encouragement going on around him. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He just said, God, because you are with me, I will be fine. Hallelujah. Nothing else to be encouraged about around me except you being with me. Except my eyes being on you. Except me having you and you having me. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? He encouraged himself. Not that they encouraged him. Listen to me, child of God. There are times you need to encourage yourself. You need to look at the mirror and preach to yourself. I say, Kingsley, you'll be all right. You have God on your side. He has brought you through the lion, through the bear. He will also bring down this Goliath. If he has done it before, he will do it again. Hallelujah. You will encourage yourself in the Lord. David knew that if this thing is going to turn around, I have to encourage myself. Stop looking at Nigeria's situation. Stop, I've stopped watching news long ago. I just read the good news of the Bible. Stop waiting for all breaking news in media is, is news that will break your heart. Have you heard breaking news that is good news before? Breaking news is news to break your heart. Glory to God. He encouraged himself. Wow. Because if we can change the attitude. You see, changing your you see, you must understand that you are not under bondage to your feelings. Your feelings are real, but the mistake many of you are making is that you feel that you are what you, how you feel. You are not what you feel. Your feelings are a separate being from you. So it's okay to feel discouraged, but it's bad to stay discouraged. Oh, somebody didn't get what I said. It's possible to feel discouraged. It's only bad when you now sit down there. No. Encourage yourself. The Lord, leave discouragement, move to encouragement. And the moment you do that, the three things I said that turns breakdown to breakthrough will take place. There are three of them. They always take place, usually in this order or usually in a similar order. But these three, these three things are always there when you are going to turn a breakdown to a breakthrough. But it all starts. You are even enrolled into this process when you first change your attitude. Because if you don't change your attitude, you, you will not start this process. If you have a negative attitude to the situation, you only have negative thoughts. But the moment you change your attitude to be a positive attitude, positive ideas will start coming. So that takes me to the first point. See what happened. He said, as David encouraged himself, see verse 7. He says, and David said to Abetha the priest, Abimelech's son, Abimelech's son. He said, I pray thee, bring me hither the effort. And Abetha brought hither the effort to David. Verse 8. He said, and David did what? Inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I what? Overtake them. And he answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Hallelujah. Let's read it again. I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something. What David asked God was slightly different from what David, what God answered. You see, David wasn't sure how it was going to go. David inquired saying, should I pursue this troop? Will I overtake them? He didn't know the state, the properties and the children and the wife were going to be in. He didn't know whether he was going to recover them. He just said, let me pursue. Should I pursue them? Will I catch them? So he was thinking, if they have killed all my family, at least I'll get them for getting me. God said, pursue. God said, for thou shalt surely overtake them. And God said, without fail, you will recover everything that they took. <laughs> Hallelujah. I prophesy over someone here, you will recover all. You will not just recover all, there will be extra put on top of it. You will get compensation for all that you lost. In the mighty name of Jesus. You will recover all. David didn't know the state of things. God said you will recover. Not some. Hey. Hey. Not small. Say so you will recover all. Not small. 
Not some. He said, oh. You see, that's the power of it. The first thing that happens when your attitude changes is that God speaks to you. It is usually Satan that speaks to you when you have a negative attitude. Because the idea he will, will always be destructive. Let's stone David. How would that help? Not going to help anything. But when you have a positive attitude, usually you can hear God. <clears throat> and whatever God says is always about restoring. Never about losing. You never lose when you hear God. You never lose. Say so you will recover all. Glory to God. So the first step is you will hear God. Now, the challenge with African Christians, because we, we still practice largely traditional worship, we mix it. We've not really entered or understood Christianity well yet. So we still believe that, you know, it's only the high priest that can enter the evil forest. We still believe me, I'm just a baby Christian, I can't hear God. No! Jesus Christ said, my sheep hear my voice. If you're not born again, when we do altar call today, come out and become born again. But if you're already born again, you already have the capacity to hear God. You already can hear God. The challenge is that you are thinking that hearing God is for the pastors. It's the holy men of God that can hear God. We will stay outside and they hear God for us and they tell us what God is saying. This is African Christianity because we are linking it to, you know, uh, our traditional worship. We are only one high priest in the whole village. He's the only one that can make sacrifices. He's the only one that can, that can put leaf in his mouth. And tie, print one thing white on his eye and enter the evil forest. The rest of us, we can't know God. We can't approach God. We are far from God. We are, we are not sure of our own uh, Christianity. So everywhere, people gather unto men, but not unto God. So that's why somebody will not come to church if the pastor is not in church. Because he's gathering to the man, not to the word. Are you here, somebody? That's what we do in Africa, largely. We're still... Fixing traditional worship with the thing. We've not yet understood it. You know, we've not yet understood that you have your own direct line to heaven. The distance to God is shorter than the distance to any man. But we'd rather chase men. We have more faith in the faith of men than having faith in God. That's why you think God won't speak to you. And you have watched too much African magic. It's called African magic for a reason. Because it's magic. So this is what we equate with God. We think God is a magician. So we create magic. If you are born again, except if you are not born again, if you are not born again, when I call out for what I call, come out. But if you are born again, if you have ever given your life to Jesus and you believe you have, then you can hear God. God will speak to you. you there's no special rank. There's nothing like, oh, this is, a, this is a senior man of God, this is a medium man of God, and this is a junior man of God. So God speaks in that way. Mm. From the day you are born again, God is speaking to you. The issue is, let me tell you what the problem is. Just like your natural child, from the day your natural child is born, as a baby, you are already speaking to it. He can't understand, but you are speaking. He is the one that needs to grow to discern what you are saying. Ah, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Or, how many of you had after that? Did you wait for your child to grow first before you start speaking to it? From the day he was born, he said, he's so cute. Even people got and were talking to him. You just look like your mother. See, no. Cry for us. Don't cry. Don't cry. You are talking to the baby. The baby doesn't know what you are saying, but you are talking to the baby because he already has the capacity to hear. And as long as he continues hearing, as he, and he keeps growing, he will grow to the point where he can discern what you are saying. But you never stop talking. You didn't even change how you are talking. You just kept talking. See, from there you became born again. God has been talking to you. He won't increase talking. Or reduce talking. He is just always talking. It's you that will grow and gain confidence in your ability to understand. By now, you should know how God speaks to you. You should know how God speaks to you. How does God speak to you in particular? God usually speaks to people in different ways. Some people, he speaks to them from scripture. As you're reading the Bible, you are seeing certain things that are talking to you directly. You know this is you. For some people, God, God speaks to them through um, dreams. Even though, like I said, I always taught you, that's not a, a primary way, but it's a secondary way. Some people, that's the level they are in. The key is that God will usually communicate with you in a way you will get it. He's not an author of confusion. Somebody gets what I'm saying? He will speak in the way you will get it. Glory to God. 
speak in a way that you will get it. Somebody say, ah, me, I don't see vision. No, if you don't see vision, God will speak to you in visions. He will speak to you in a way. You can get it just like you need to have confidence that God will speak to you. That's where the challenge is. Hallelujah. God will speak to you through inspired thoughts. This means that you will just get ideas. Things that are not in your normal train of thoughts will just drop into your thoughts. It looks like it's just a thought, but you, you can tell that this wasn't how you were thinking. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. Has it ever happened to you that you started doing something or seeing something that you were wondering, this thing was so obvious, how come I never saw it? Has it happened to you before? That's it. God intercepted you and showed you that, look, well, there's something. The thing was obvious, but you just didn't see it. Then today, all of a sudden, you just know, ah, this thing is here since. That's how God speaks. God opens your eyes to something already existing. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. When Hagar in the Bible prayed for water, God opened her eyes to see a well. This is the problem with a lot of the prayer things we are doing in Africa. We are training people to depend on somebody to pray for them. And that's not Christianity. It's traditional worship, largely. It's not Christianity. The, the principle of prayer is that when you pray, God shows you. He said, call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will watch, show you. Did you bring that up? You see, this, so this is why you need to be able to pray for yourself. Because sometimes the answer needs to come to you direct. He said, call unto me, I will answer you, and do what? Show you things that you don't know. So the principal way God answers is by showing. But you see, you, you're never expecting to see. You just expect God to just run an errand for you. God, do it. God, I send you, do it. If you don't do it by 31st, you will see my true color. All kinds of threats that people give God. When you understand fellowship with God, it will reduce shouting when you pray. You understand his fellowship. How many of you shout at your spouse? My food! Look at it, man! Food, 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 food. Ogbono, 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 ever, ever, ever. Is that how you communicate? But suddenly you want to talk to God and you feel there's a long distance that needs shouting. No fellowship. Because you don't even expect he's going to answer you. If you expect he's going to answer you, after you pray, you also, I mean, who talks on the phone and say, hello, are they go John? Is that how you talk on the phone? When you say hello, what do you do first? You wait for that what? Response. Is that how people communicate? But when we come to prayer, we just think God is a machine. Hello, God, go and do it now, 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 now. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Then you're off phone. Thank you. Bye-bye. And he was about to tell you that he has done it. But you have off the phone. He was about to tell you where to find it. Because he has already done it. It's like me calling my wife. Where's my food? Where's my food? Where's my food? Give my food. And she has cooked it. It's in the oven. All I need to go is to microwave it and take it. But you see, I didn't let her talk. My food now! I need my food. And she's in Yaba. There's traffic. You know what's going to happen? Because I didn't hear her, I'll have to wait for her to come, which can take some years. This is why some poor are delayed. They think it's God delaying them. God has heard you. God has done it. But you shout at him. You never listened. He has done it. But it was trying to tell you it's in the oven. But you are off the phone to resume again tomorrow to shout at him again. Do it! I told you yesterday to do it. Do it! Off the phone. Jesus' name. <laughs> See how he answers. I will show you. He said, I will answer you and what? Show you. Fortunately, African Christians are not learning this one. It's shouting the learn. This is what we are training. Jesus was the most powerful person ever on, on the earth. But do you notice he never said come. He always said go. He never tried to keep people. He always tried to release people. When he did some things that were powerful, people say, wow, you spoke to a fig tree and he died. He would say, you two, go and speak. He would say, go. He didn't say, come and stay. Let me be speaking over all your mountain for you. Give me a list of ten mountains that we speak over. Mm -mm. He said, you, you, go and speak. He said, whosoever. Ay, 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 ay. He said, whosoever. It's not about me. I'm not special. I have no special line. It's not, it's not traditional worship. I'm not the evil high priest that will go to the forest for you. We say, whosoever shall say. No need to entertain your mountain. Just say. The way I say to my own mountain, you say to your own mountain. He say, whosoever shall say, shall have whatsoever they say. He said, greater works than this shall you do. 
You say, you will do greater things than me. Be going. But in Africa, we gather people. So everybody must arrive here. I'm the one that, when I pray now, it will happen. No, go and pray. It will happen too when you to pray. If we have 10,000 people that know they are right in God, we can change this country, we can change things. But instead, we have one person, 10,000 people gather to him, to only him to talk. That's not scriptural order. It's nowhere in scripture. Everywhere they say go. Go into all the world. Not come. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Sir? So God can speak to you. God is even speaking to you. Stop watching African magic because they paint the picture as if God wants to speak. Cotton must be shaking. Light must be blinking. You suddenly have half current. No one say, my son, 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 son. I have heard you, you, you. Concerning your request. So this is what we are thinking. So we say, oh, God can't speak to me. God is already speaking to you. That's what I'm saying. Already he's speaking to you. Just that like you're not noticing the small things. Has it ever happened to you that you wanted to, do, you wanted to go somewhere and God just said, take that change. Someone told you to take that change. You were about going. You just took the change and you got on the road and found out, ah, this change. Now he saved me. Has it happened to you before? God is already speaking to you. It's just that you, you are expecting that the other issues of your life, that cutting will shake. If you are going through a breakdown, business is bad, your economy is bad, whatever is bad, ask him. And this time, don't shout at him. When you ask, keep quiet. Let him tell you. He said, I will show you. Don't shout at him. Don't command him. Listen to him. This is why your own personal prayer is important. Because some of these things, God won't say it in public. It's not group prayer. You need to have a personal time where he will tell you concerning your own life, this is what you will do, this is what you do. It might be inspired thoughts, but you just realize that you have discovered or seen something in a way you were not seeing it before. A positive attitude will just bring positive thoughts. So that's the first thing. God will speak to you. James 1.5 makes it clear too. Let me try and move fast now. James 1.5 says, Say, if any man lack wisdom, Wisdom means the next correct step to take. Alright? That's what wisdom means. Especially here. Say, if any of you lacks wisdom, is there any of us that lack wisdom here? Ah, all of us lack wisdom in one area or the other. Am I correct? So this is for all of us. All of us lack wisdom in one area or the other. <laughs> so, if any of you lack wisdom, this is all of us. He say, you should do what? I can't hear. You should do what? Ask God. You see, we call many people before we call God. God is who you should call first before you call people. The distance to God, I told you, shorter than the distance to men. Say, ask God, who gives what? Generously. To who? To all. Without what? Finding fault. They say, look, God is very generous with wisdom. I mean, wisdom is like sachet pure water in a party. They give you generous. They can give you a whole bag. It's not like malt or wine. <laughs> you know, you have to be connected to get wine on your table. If it's a stingy party, you can't, they don't give wine to everybody. So you must know somebody. That's not how they do wisdom. They say wisdom, eh? They give it generously. To who? I can't hear you. To who do they give it? Are you inside this all? So why, why don't you have wisdom? He said, I give it all without fault finding. That means God is not going to say, you! You lied last week. So no wisdom for you. They say without what? Finding fault. If you are born again, God is already supplying you wisdom. Say, without finding fault. The reason that you are thinking that God favors the man of God, but he finds fault with you. Mm-mm. I've told you, it's traditional worship you are practicing. It's not yet Christianity. In Christianity, we all enjoy what is called righteousness. That's what we are using. And it's the righteousness of God in Christ. It's not man-made. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? If you are born again, he said, without finding fault, and it will be what? Given to you. Now, don't ever read scripture verse by verse. Always try and read what's around it. Even when somebody sends you a scripture, or they quote, you hear people quoting scripture, don't ever take the scripture, just the verse. Read everything around it. See the next verse. What's the first word there? But. But. Give me verse 6 on the last screen too. But. Whenever you see but, it means that the thing I just promised you now is conditional. People don't read this part. Just say, we give me wisdom. Yes, I receive. Mm. There's a but. But means there's some conditions. The condition is that 
But when you ask, you must what? You must believe that he's actually going to give you this wisdom. You must believe he's going to supply it. And listen, when you know God is going to supply you wisdom, there's no reason for you to stay in a negative attitude. Because you know you're going to come out. The reason why you are staying sad is because you feel you are, you are stranded. He said you must believe because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Next verse. He says, let that man, say that person should not what? Expect to receive what? Anything from the Lord. So number one, God will inspire you or speak to you. If you are going through a breakdown, the first thing you should be looking out for, after you change your attitude, okay? Don't be going and say, see my life. See how business is down. See everything is down. Mm. Change your attitude first. Have a strong, encouraging attitude. Then God will speak to you. After he speaks to you, that takes me to the next thing here. In verse 9. What's the first three words in verse 9? Of the scripture we're reading. No, scripture we're reading in um, 1 Samuel 30, verse 9. DJ, what's the first three words? I can't hear you. What's the first three words? So David went. Second thing that happens when God's about to turn your breakdown to a breakthrough is that you need to have faith. You need faith. After God speaks to you, you need to step out. They said, and David went. Where was he went in? Do you know David didn't know where those guys were? But he took the steps anyway. Do you understand? Somebody carried your family. Imagine your house now. You came. They took your TV. God said, go. Go after them. Where are you going, my brother? Do you you see how funny it is? That's why everything we do with God requires some faith. David took steps. He went. There are people that are not married today because they don't have the money first. No, fix the date first. Take steps. The blessing will always meet you on the way. You want to start first for the blessing before you, when you have the blessing. No, no, no. It's when you start, the blessing will come. You're waiting for the blessing to come before you start. That's the wrong way. You see, spiritual things have principles. That's what I'm trying to teach you all along. Spiritual things have principles. You'll be thinking, you'll be shouting at God. God is saying, I've answered. She be want to get married this year. God says, done. And David went. But instead, you stay home. God, she might told you this year. This July, oh. God said, I've answered you since January. Then you move from shouting to crying. You think you were emotionally uh, 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 blackmail God. God, you know, serve you for all this. God has principles, sir. You can beg and cry as much as you want. Won't change a thing. Because it runs by principles. It runs by principles. No matter how much you beg. <laughs> Won't change anything. If somebody gets what I'm saying. Won't change anything. And David went. You want to get married this year? Fix the date. Fix the date. Go and meet your in-laws and say it's December. What the December 13? Are you sure? Yes. Should we give you a list? Yes. And you have asked my wife when we're getting married. No dime. My church wasn't paying me a salary. This you know, they couldn't pay me. So no salary. She was just finishing masters. I had a job, but I was not jobless. You know, I was a pastor for years, but no, I didn't have money. Ask her, she's here. I went to meet her parents, fixed date that we're looking at this year. August, precisely. In fact, I proposed with the date. The kind of proposal people are doing today, climb Todd Mill Bridge, climb Street Pole, yet no marriage. And women, too, the way you two dance, you I shows you seem you've arrived. Don't dance all your dance now. They still dance remaining for wedding day. Give only small. Some people, when they dance, they know that they've arrived. So the man is not even motivated. I propose with date. I said, how does August sound in your spirit? That's how I proposed. With date. That's how to propose. So we said to August, when did we meet our parents? August. Ah, the parents said, it's too close. It's too near. That we did a wedding in our family last more year. We don't have money to do that one this year. That can we push it to the upper year? And I was saying, um, if it's because of the money that you wanted to support us with, that you want to push it next year, then let's do it this year. Don't worry about it. If you see the person talking, you would think that he has them. He doesn't even have. But he's talking by faith. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Am I not married now? Very married, self. With children now. God doesn't meet you at the beginning. He meets you on the way. Always. That is high. That's his principle. That's his principle. You're not going to change. He said, I'm the Lord. I change not. He's not going to change for you. He will meet you on the way. God, do you know how many ideas God have dropped in your heart that you believe? The day you heard it, you believed it. But some days after, you didn't move. 
you forgot it. Some of you say, after some years or months, you find somebody else doing that exact thing God told you to do. You recognize that God told me this thing. But you were too fearful, too doubtful to do it. God has no cash in heaven. If you need money, he will give you ideas to trade that idea here to get money. That's what's going to happen. He's not going to send the angel to bring bullion van to your house. And somebody get what I'm saying? It's an idea he will give you. And you must believe in that idea enough to take steps. Because you might never have the capital. But at least the first few steps you must take. You say, and David went. There must be faith. And the good thing about God, whenever he speaks to you, there's also always faith inside the message. Because faith comes by hearing. So whenever you hear something from God, there's already faith inside it. Just obey and take the steps. Go and price the shop. Go and ask where they supply the goods. Call the supplier. Make contact with them. Have a meeting with them. Tell them how many you want. Reach the point where you can't move again, then see whether God won't show up. But you want God to first come and knock at your door before you make moves. And David went. Hallelujah. He took steps. If God is turning your breakdown into a breakthrough, there must be faith. Hmm, but something interesting happened. He said, David went, he and 600 men that were with him, and they came to the brook of Bessel, where those that were left behind stayed. See the next verse. He said, but David pursued he and 400 men for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not move. Look, 600 of them left. Along the way, 200 said they can't continue. But David didn't say, ah, let's go back. Do you know how discouraging that would be if a whole 200 men, a whole 200 men out of 600, that's like one third, says we are tired. We can't go on. This, this is where many people's dreams die. Where somebody lives. Where somebody stops believing. Where your parents say, are you sure? Where people say, you want to leave your school or your, your certificate to go and do this business. Are you sure? When even your spouse doesn't believe. You see, there will always be that test to be sure that you really believe in your dream. There will be that test of somebody leaving. Or somebody not believing in you. That's how you know. If you, re- if you really believe. See, they didn't hear God with you. So they might not believe with you. Faith comes by hearing. They were not there when God told you. Sometimes your staff will leave. Sometimes your partners will leave. But if you heard God, keep moving. That test always comes where some people can't go on. Glory to God. If I count how many times people have left me in this job. (laughs) If I count how many... There was a time all the pastors left. All. And we had a lot of them. All the pastors and their wives and their children and their dog. They left at the same time. <laughs> but we kept preaching. And we will keep preaching. If all of you leave, and I love you, but if all of you leave, you were not there when God told me that as David never lost the battle, so my work with you be. So I will keep preaching. There's that, everybody must go through that test where somebody doesn't believe in you. Where somebody wants to leave you. He said they continued the journey. Alright? So, number one, change your attitude. After that, three things must happen. Which is, number one, you will hear God. Number two, you will take steps by faith. You, there must be faith. And see number three. Let's go. Next verse. He said, and they found what? An Egyptian in the field. And brought him to David. And they gave him bread. And he did eat. And they gave, made him drink water. Next verse. He says... And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days. Next verse. It says, And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou? And whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to the Amalekites. And my master left me because I was sick for three days. Next verse. It says, We made an invasion upon the south of Cherith and upon the coast of, that belonged to Judah and upon the south of Caleb and we burned Ziglag with fire. So these were the same guys. Next verse. And David said to him, Can thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master and I will bring thee down to this company. God will always bring you a contact person. There's somebody that is a bridge between where you are and where you want to be. There's always that person. This is why you must learn to have good character. This is where God can help you. You have to help yourself. If you have bad character, if you have bad reputation, you will burn those bridges. There's always somebody that is a bridge from where you are to where you need to be and how you relate with that person. determines if they will connect you. 
God will always bring you someone. Every time God wants to do a new thing in your life, he brings a new person into your circle. That's how it works. He introduces you to somebody new, connects you with somebody new, and that person now plays a pivotal role in linking you to your next level. So you must be good with human relations. You must learn to have integrity. You must learn to be polite. They saw this guy, they first gave him food. They didn't even know who he was, but they gave him food. That's why the Bible says you must learn to be nice to people by, that by so doing, you might entertain angels. Who are angels? Angels are messengers of God. There's a messenger sent already on your path. It's how you treat them. Some girls, the way they talk to some guys, because he doesn't have car, he doesn't have shoe. Look where he's looking. He greets you and he says, hmm, even to answer. Hmm. You first drag before you answer. Because he's not an eligible. But every night you're praying for husband. You don't know that that's the bridge you just burned. That's the guy that will link you to who you will marry. Sometimes that's even the guy you will marry. He just doesn't look it yet. In fact, the reason why he doesn't look it is because all that is lacking is what you are bringing. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but your bad attitude won't allow you. Your materialism won't allow you. Because it's only rich men you follow. You don't realize that some men are, 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 are rich in the future. And that some men that are rich now, they are poor in the future. And God is thinking long term for you. But your bad attitude won't allow you. Ordinary to greet people. You can't greet. You, they, they, they have to encourage, you have to use ordinary greeting that is free. That security man greets him well. That driver greets him well. That errand boy, that house girl greets him well. You don't know who the bridge is. It might not be who you think it is. How many of you have very big people in your life that you thought they would help you and they didn't do one thing for you? And you even have total strangers that you don't know and they're the ones that now blessed you. You never know who God is going to use so be nice to all men. God will always send you somebody. That's why the third level. And this is why if you are too spiritual and say, it's only me and God, I trust God. Look, God always uses people. God won't do what he has assigned somebody to do. That's why he raised men and planted them. This is why you need this. That's why when people say things like, oh, there's no need for church again. I, I, I'm wondering where they are, what kind of weed they are smoking. Because God himself is the one that put the system of the church. It's not pastor that created church. It was God that created church. Because there's a, there's a role a church plays in your life. And when you dodge the system of the church, you are missing out on what God has prepared for you. There are counselors in church. It's to make sure you don't enter trouble. There are departments in church. Serve in church. Do you know how many people have met and married their spouse in church? But you won't serve. But then says, David never lost a battle. You, you are, God, as God will drive with you, you're already at the car park. You never join a department. You never stay for service to end. You never stay for service to start. You never do anything. You are just, just God is in the heart. You are joking. A church does a lot of things other than just church. It's God's own social system. It's God's welfare system. Sometimes to bless your life. Sometimes your biggest business partner might come from your department. Might come from a member in church. If I count how many people that have gotten great jobs because they knew somebody in church. Gotten great contract because they knew somebody in church. There's somebody somewhere right now is in the same, same church with you. And their company is trying to give a contract to somebody that does what you do. But you're not in the department. He doesn't know you. So he's going to give somebody else that is even an unbeliever. that will go and buy a drink alcohol with it when they get the contract. But you are in church. Only you and God. Church is in their heart. Your prosperity will be in your heart. Don't dodge the human systems around you. God put them there for a reason. When you get to places, join associations, join things, know people. You mustn't join them and do any bad thing, but being connected to people because God only uses people. He will never come down himself and come and give you a contract to sign. You will never see him. It's somebody who will use so if you have a bad attitude or you are the kind of person that you never relate to people, you'll be limiting God. Many things you have prayed about, God is looking for who to send to you. You don't talk to anybody. He said, I've heard you, the things released is the person who will send. Because the three people you know, you have already quarreled with them. So there's no other. <laughs> is somebody get what I'm saying? Glory to God. So work on that. So those three things, once your attitude changes, these things begin to happen. God speaks to you. You step out or act in faith. And God connects you with vital relationships that will change your life. And you will see that every breakdown will surely turn to a breakthrough. I decree that will be your portion in the name of Jesus. If you receive it, can you stand to your feet and receive it this morning? Say, Lord, I receive that word. That every breakdown will become a breakthrough. I change my attitude right now. I change my attitude right now. I change my attitude right now. I decree 
that no matter what is going on, I will have a positive attitude. I will encourage myself in the Lord. And Father, as I encourage myself, my ears are open for your guidance, for your direction. I lack wisdom in many areas. And Father, I ask you, I trust you that you will give generously to me. You will give generously to me. You will give generously. I will know what to do. I will know what to do. I will know what to do. I will know the next step to take. I will know the next place to go. I will know who to call. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You will supply your wisdom. My eyes will be open. My heart will be open. To hear, to see, to know. And I will step out in faith. Every idea you give me, every suggestion, every inspiration that I receive, I will not be too afraid to step out. I will take steps, no matter how small. I will make the inquiries. I will make the contacts. I will make the research. I will call people. I will tell people about it. I will be on the lookout for the angel you will send to me. I will treat people nice. I will honor covenant. I will honor relationships. I will treat people fairly. I will treat people politely. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org Davids Christian Center, home of victorious people.